Hello, our friends, and welcome back to Nick and Dan's Bible Study Podcast. We're excited to be here today. Uh, Nick, we've been having some pretty good live discussions on Tuesdays, haven't we? Absolutely. You know, when you go over an hour and people stay with you, something must be going right. Or they're really bored. They're really <laughs> bored. Yeah, it's just very possible right there now, you right? You're just sitting around <laughs> bored. So I, I say that to say, folks, if you're, uh, if you're around uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday, I know some of you can't be, but if you are, please do join us. If anything that we're going to talk about today uh, gets you upset or stimulates your thinking or you want to bring in something that you feel like we missed, uh, we, we'd encourage you to do that. Also, you know, if you want to watch it later, uh, you're welcome to do that too. We can't we can't answer your questions live then, uh, but we still will uh, enjoy being able to uh, to have you catch up with us there. So, Nick, what we're talking about today? Well, wait a minute, Dan. I got to say this because contrary right. contrary to what you might think when you watch this, too, we really don't like to hear ourselves talk. So, the more you guys chime in on on us uh, and and engage in the conversation, the the uh, the more we get to hear from you. We like that. We like to learn. Yeah. Yeah, we love that. We, I mean, we miss stuff, Nick, you and I do, we don't, Absolutely. you know what I mean? There's stuff. And honestly, there's some stuff that we miss just because there's not time for everything, but there's angles that we don't see that other people see. And that's what I love, love, love about studying the Bible together. Right. You know, it's great because you, you'll see stuff. I'll see stuff, you know, da, da, da. so what we're talking about today is the kind of the end goal or the purpose of Paul's ministry. Apostle Paul in the new Testament wrote tons of books, tons of the letters that are that we now call books uh, and the New Testament. And so, Nick, what I want to just I want to pause for a second and I want anybody who's watching or listening right now to just to, to think for themselves, if you had to answer the question, what do you think was the point of Paul's ministry? Hmm. What is it? You know, if you just had to just had to kind of think, what was what was Paul all about? You know, what was, what, what was he striving for? What was his end goal? What was he hoping for as he, you know, as he did what he did? Because maybe we answer that in different ways, right, Nick? Sure. I mean, what, what was his passion? I mean, the man shifted his entire life. Yeah. Um, and, and he did a and, lot of things. And did amazing things. Uh, you yeah. know, had an amazing attitude through a lot of negative things. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. So what we're looking for it frames the epistles. I mean, it really does. Answering that question frames the epistles. You start to understand what they're all about. It does what he's all about. Yeah, because I I and I think those, you know, of you who are listening or watching it now, we can chat about this later. Some I think a lot of people would go to he was trying to reach as many people as he could, right? Mm-hmm. Which and there's 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 truth to that, right? Sometimes, Nick, also we answer that question in terms of our own passion and gifting, okay. Yeah. Going back to some of our previous discussions, right? That if we're whatever we kind of focus the most on, we, we pick out those passages and those teachings. But I think this uh, passage that we're going to look at here today in Colossians chapter one. So, so folks, if you want to um, uh, open your Bible to that, if you can just hit pause right now as you're listening to or watching this, if you want to open a Bible or an app to Colossians one, we're certainly going to read. Uh, read it here for you as well. And uh, Nick, the thing that I struggle with is when we look at a particular pericope. <laughs> You're going to define it? Gonna... <laughs> That's a, somebody, somebody mentioned that, that word in a, in a different discussion that Nick and I, a, a pericope is a section of scripture that you can kind of pull out right as a, as a, as a, as a teaching kind of unit. 
Um, so that was, that was a little bit of an inside joke, friends, uh, there. Uh, but as we, as we focus in on one passage, all the other stuff around it screams out for our attention, right, mm. Nick? We, we were yeah, talking absolutely. earlier about what comes right after this. And, and that's for good reason, because uh, this, these scriptures aren't intended to just be truth nuggets, Nick. He's building an argument, right? He's, he's writing this letter that is connecting the dots. Right. And Dan, I think it's important too for the people that are listening to this, because you know you, you might be new to, to Christianity, you might you know whatever. Uh, you know when you read a Bible and those little bold section right. introductions are there, yeah. that that they weren't in the original letter. Yeah, they're not inspired. Neither were the numbers, Nick. There was <laughs> there were there were no chapters, there were no verses. It was a it was a letter that right. was written from him to this church to express things on his heart, to encourage them, uh, and to challenge them. You know, so that it's important that we understand what where we're at, you know, when we're at in scripture, particularly for those who, like you said, and it, honestly, Nick, too, sometimes for people that have been around a long time, we still have not realized that. Yeah, because, so, you know, it is actually good advice that as you're reading a particular section that that the uh, um, the your Bible might be broken into, that you actually deliberately go back and read the previous paragraph as the lead into it and, and complete the next paragraph, whatever it might be, to get a true understanding of what he's talking to in perspective. Yeah. So I'm going to read just a little bit before the kind of the, the, the short chunk that we're really wanting to focus in on here, just to give us a little bit of the context and kind of what he's talking about. I'm going to read several things that scream out for us to talk about more, but you know, we got to stay kind of focused here a little bit. So, um, so I'm in Colossians chapter one, and I'm going to start back in, um, verse 25. Um, he said, I have become its servant. He's talking here about the church. He said that in the previous verse. I've become uh, its servant by the commission that God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. Wow, Nick. He's like, it's, it's like he's building them up. Like, this is exciting. Like, the stuff that we're participating in is exciting stuff. This is a great time to be alive. Absolutely. A great time to be a believer. God's unveiling some, some awesome stuff. Something amazing um, just happened, and I'm going to tell you about it. Something amazing is happening here. It happened is happening. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. Uh, verse 27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Woo, man, talk about talk about all these shows, national treasure, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory ain't got nothing on Jesus. Like, <laughs> what what is it that's being uh, and you know, he's getting into this. This is why Paul's passionate um hmm. here. Um so what is this mystery? Christ in you. Hmm. The hope of glory. Woo! Right? That this is what Paul's getting excited about. Right? This is the Nick, this is the new covenant that was promised way back in, in the prophets. Words not written on a stone, but rather written on our hearts, right? The indwelling yeah. of the Holy Spirit, Christ in you. Yes, yes. So let's not miss that. Let's not see the word only as the written word on the page. That's That could be the same thing as the, as the tablets, the Ten Commandments. We're going deeper than that. Absolutely. Right? Christ in you. The hope of the hope of glory. All right. 
Here we go. This is this is where we're going here. This is this is Paul saying, "Here's what here's what I'm about. Here's what drives me. Here's what I'm. Here's here's why I'm inviting people to to know and follow Jesus." Verse twenty-eight. He says, "He is the one we proclaim." Who's the he? Jesus. Jesus, right? Christ. He's the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that, here's the point, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I, this is the the NIV translation, to this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works within me. Do you, do you get what he's saying, Nick? Right? He's motivated. Get, he's motivated. He's, he's working like, hard. I take every every ounce of every of energy, everything, every resource, every calorie, every dollar, every whatever that Christ has given me. I'm putting it all in this bucket, all in this funnel. Absolutely. That, that I want to see what I want to see every person fully fully mature. So we're gonna talk a little bit about about what that means. How do you react to this though? Nick, at kind of first at first read here. So the the beautiful thing about Paul is he poured one hundred percent of himself into his ministry. Right nowadays we talk about oh can we gather on Sunday morning? Can we not gather on Sunday morning? No. Paul didn't care if we could gather or not, baby. He poured everything he did into his ministry. Once he met Christ on the road to Damascus, baby. That's all he did from there on out. Every single person he came in contact with, he was pointing at Christ. Every single day he would wake up and pray. He wanted the heart of Christ. That was his rabbi. That was who he was going to follow, right? right? So you get this you get this thing where, you know, when when he's writing this letter, and the reason he wrote so many letters was he wanted to make sure that the church was getting it right. This is something to get excited about. This is something to pour your life into. Um this is something to you know, study daily because you want to get this right. Um, yeah. He was highly motivated. And what he, I believe what he was trying to do was highly motivate other people, mm-hmm. always pointing back to Jesus Christ, because that's what this is all about. Yeah. 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 Amen. And so, yeah, he would go and he would, he would preach Christ to people that didn't know him. He did that a lot, but I think we need to realize that in this, that that was, as somebody said, at one of our discussions, that was like, registering for the race or beginning the race. Yeah, right, right. right. But that wasn't Paul. Paul wasn't just saying, oh, he's he's saved. He ain't going to hell. He's going to heaven. All right, I'm right. on to the next person. He That's why he wrote these letters, Nick. Yeah. He circled back around. He says, that wasn't my goal. Right. My goal wasn't to get people going to heaven. My goal is to get people mature in Christ. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, you have to get saved first, so to speak, right? But that's, but that's, but that's just the beginning. That is just the beginning. The end of the race is when you get the, when you, when you get the, when you hand off the baton and you get the award, you know, my, my good and faithful servant, that's it. That's That's when, you know, that's that's when we've achieved victory is when we are, we're in the presence of God. Right. Yeah. And And it's like, Paul is sort of like, like looking on, like he wants to be there. So like, if you could imagine for a second, it's like when, um, when, when, when all the people at all the churches that he kind of, you know, started and, and whatnot, when, when all of them, um, are kind of standing before Christ, so to speak on judgment day, if you will. And Paul's kind of sitting there off to the side. 
Well, his his goal, he's what he's saying here is that his goal is that he wants to see as each person kind of walks up, so to speak, in this imagery, each person, each of these churches, and he's sitting there on the side, and and every time Jesus says to one of them, "Well done, yes, good and faithful," he's like, "Yes, yes, that's yes. it, that's the win." That's what I'm. That's what I'm after. Right. And, and, and when and if somebody in one of his churches would come up, and Jesus would be like. Like, I'm glad you trusted me, but why didn't you do anything with it? Paul's like, like, that's what I was, that's what I was working for. You know, I was, I was working for the, for the maturity. Um, and I love that. That just, it just gets me excited. Yeah, it does. Um, And and, and again, it's that, it's that idea. Like if you really think about this and man, I hope people get this, the, if, if anybody's ever presented the gospel to you, for those listening, if anybody's ever presented the gospel to you, it's like, here, pray this prayer and you're good, right? Yeah. Pray this prayer and you're good. Go relax. Go sit on an island someplace and, and <laughs> wait till you die. You're good. You know, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know what Bible they're reading, but they're not reading the same Bible that I'm reading. I don't care what version they're using, right? Yeah. Th- that, that when somebody approaches you and your heart is moved and, and you're like, yes, I want to accept Jesus Christ. What you're really walking into is just this this whole new way of living, right? It begins yeah. right there with a firm commitment that Jesus is Lord, and I am now going to live as Jesus taught me how to live yeah. for the good of myself, for the good of the church, for the good of everybody yeah. around me. Um, yeah. And it is going to look different, right? It's yeah. not going to be that, well, I accept Jesus, but my life hasn't changed at all. It's not going to, no, there's yeah. going to be transformation. And if you look at yeah. Paul again, from Saul, let's go kill Christians, to the transformation of, I'm going to do everything in my power until my last breath to make sure that I'm helping everybody that I can mature in Christ. Yeah, That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I love it. And you know, Nick, we could talk a lot about where we, sh- we should talk about this more, but I kind of want to stay focused today a bit about yeah. kind of how we how we got off, you know, on our gospel proclamation and, and well-intentioned, you know, the, the, the people that have shared and continue to share just the message and only that way, they're well-intentioned, they're good, good people, but that's what they were taught to do. Right. But what we've seen is that that makes discipleship a different thing. Now, the people that present the gospel, they want disciples, Yeah. but it's, but it's, it, there's this, it's like a different, it's a different thing. And so what we're trying to do is get the gospel right so that the gospel itself is an invitation to discipleship right from the, right from the beginning. Absolutely. And Dan, we need need to go into that different day probably. And I think we really need to Nick. Absolutely. And take it off of what you said that it just highlights the importance. Look, you have got to be in scripture, right? You may have the greatest pastor in the world and that's great. You may have the greatest Sunday school teacher in the world. That's great. You as an individual, if you truly understand and you want to mature, you have got to be in scripture. Maybe it's to come up with the questions that you need to ask. That's great. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll help other people will help, you know, grow. But the idea of maturing in Christ is this strong heart's desire to Mm -hmm. learn more, to be transformed, to no longer want to live in this world. Like as this world lives, um, you start, you start to gain the idea where it's like, no, there's something better out there. Yeah. And I'm I'm right at the doorstep of it, man. I want yeah. to start eating it up and living it. Yeah, and that's why I think he wanted that in, that in that stuff that I read ahead of, ahead of kind of where we're focusing here. I think he wanted that. I mean, he was excited. I think he wanted them to see 
you know, how awesome the book place that what God wanted to do. And it's so sad when we met because it's what Jesus wants to do and is doing and has the power to do in our lives is so amazing that it's so sad when we miss it. Right. Right. You know? Right. Right. Um, so here's, but here's a, here's a crazy thing, Nick. Um, so in this, in this passage of scripture, um, the, this, uh, word that's translated here, I'm not sure if you're looking at a different, different translation. I tend to try to do that somewhat, but anyway, what he says uh, in the NIV here to present everyone fully mature in Christ. If you were to open, if you were to pop open a King James Bible, um, what it would say is to present every man <laughs> perfect in Christ. Hmm. Perfect. perfect. So that, so that flips back. So let, let me just make a connection quick here with, uh, with what, with what, something that Jesus taught that kind of, we don't know what to do with. So in Matthew chapter five, verse 48, Jesus says, this is in the sermon on the Mount. It comes right after he's talking about, um, loving your enemies and that kind of, that kind of stuff that we, we kind of check right out there sometimes, Nick, right? <laughs> like, well, yeah. Next section, let's move on. Um, and he talks about God's love uh, for us, but then he ends that by saying, be perfect. Jesus says this, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Mm. And Nick, that word, that Greek word, teleos, is the same exact word that Paul uses here. Mm. So, but when we hear this, right, be perfect, we just check out kind of, right? right? Forget it. <laughs> look, look, Jesus, I don't know if you see me as clearly as you seems like you should, but perfect in me don't exactly go hand in hand, right? Right. But here's the but here's the thing, Nick. When we think of perfect, what do we think of? We kind of we think of like flawless perfection, right? But right. I mean, the word perfection, uh, not having any, you know, not ever sinning, not having any shortcomings, being absolutely, you know, the the pristine example. And we think, forget it. Um. But I think it's got to mean something else, um, and, and it does, I think, because, you know, if if Paul was after that, he's kind of is he is kind of wasting his time, right? So, yeah. So here's the thing. Here's what the here's what the the word the these Greek words, Nick. Who they could have a range of meaning, and that's gets us in sort of deep. But here's a couple of definitions that I think uh, make sense. Um, uh, teleos. Uh, lacking nothing necessary, uh, being uh, mature to, it's like the idea of being an adult versus being a kid, mm -hmm. um, uh, being that which it's designed to be. Okay. So let me, I, I know there's a lot going on here. Let me back up for a second. So Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Now, okay. We're like, and, th and that almost makes it worse for us. Right. 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 Like, whoa. Because <laughs> well, yeah, God does God ever mess sin and mess up? No, no. Right? So it's like, well, whoa, wait a minute. But here's the deal. How how does God always act? God always acts in terms of God's character, right? Mm -hmm. Does does God ever act in opposition to his character? Well, no. No, no, not ever. Right. So what's the what's the problem with us? Uh, it's not just our action. The problem is that our character is jacked, right? 
with the, the, the good tree produces good fruit, but the bad tree produces bad fruit. So the fruit, it's not, it's not a problem just with the fruit. The problem is with the root. Right. Right. And that's what Jesus gets at. Right. We talked about the Pharisee last week. The Pharisee only looked at the outside appearance. Jesus is like, no, 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 no. We got to go deep. Right. So it's the character transformation that, that God is after. God always acts in terms of his character. We do too. (laughs) The problem is that our character isn't mature. Yeah. Um, I heard, I heard it and I'm going to, I'm going to, take a side story just because I heard, heard a story recently where yeah. it's, you know, um, just because you're a fruit tree doesn't mean you're going to produce fruit, right? So if you go out to your local home and garden store and you buy a fruit tree and you bring it back home and you put it in the ground and then you just leave it there expecting it to bear fruit, right. you don't do anything to it. You don't nurture it. You don't, you don't fertilize it. You don't feed it. You don't do whatever. That tree's going to grow up and, and maybe it's going to produce some fruit. Maybe but it's never them. going to mature into the fruit tree that it was intended yeah. to be. Yeah. And that's the same as the Christian life. It's like yeah. a lot of know. them don't. Absolutely. Nick, I, have a, I have a pear tree in my backyard. It doesn't produce no pears. Now it still looks like a healthy tree. Right. But it's but not, it's not but, if, but if I had an orchard full of those and my business was making money selling, <laughs> selling the fruit, I'd be right. out of business. Right. Because it might so, look nice, but it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So if it's you, not, think- it's not a mat- it's not a mature fruit tree. So per you know perfect is it a per- well it looks okay, right. is it a, is it a per- perfect fruit tree? No, it's not. Now look, Nick, uh, here's the thing that that gets us caught up. If that if that tree grew up and it was pollinated correctly and pruned correctly, um, and it produced uh, one, you know, one pair, one piece of fruit that that wasn't good, hmm. but it produced 99 or, you know, he's a thing, but a bunch of most of it that was in this word, it would still be a perfect fruit tree. Hmm. So here's my application point for us and our friends, Nick. It's not about sinless perfection. It's about maturity. God wants us to be that one, that tree. And he's, and he's looking at us, not with this analytical focus of, oh, well, I know you have 200 pieces of good fruit, but you got one bad one. So, eh, you know, you're out. You right. didn't do it. That's not, that's not the point. And so if we thought that was the point of, if that's what perfect meant, we would just give up. Right. I mean, does this making sense? Yeah, absolutely. It we is. Would, we would just give up. It's not, it's not, it's not about never, ever, ever messing up. It's about the integrity of our life, you know, being mature. That's what God wants for us. Right. Um, so so but, Paul's saying that's what he's after. Yeah. So, so again, and, and, you know, the practical application, um, to, to those that have accepted Jesus Christ, you know, those, you, you said the word character many times, the character right. traits, you know, in terms of the fruit tree, you, you know, again, you water it, you fertilize it, you do all kinds of things to it, you prune it. In terms of the human Christian, you know, the Christian church, as individuals, we need to be working on our character, right? We want to understand the character of Jesus Christ. And not only do we want to understand the character of Jesus Christ, we need to start to build our own character towards that. We need to mature right. in that. So, you know, when you talk about the fruit of the spirit, our fruit, right? the way we mature is to look at the model of Christ and emulate 
and and in the beginning it takes work in the beginning it's like well uh, you know i got this angry streak in me but i got to work on that you know and and eventually you start to want that and desire that so much and you you know you you spend time in prayer you spend time with the father and mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you start to see that transformation where in the critical moment when something happens what's going to come out of you is good fruit right right and and i think going back to scripture that's what we're seeing in paul man when the transition took place the yeah. foundation was there he had the foundation. All he needed was Jesus. And when he met Jesus Christ, it changed everything. And Paul spent the rest of his days pr producing good fruit and trying yeah. to get others to do the same. Yeah. I mean, he also, he also did have to learn though. I mean, it wasn't yeah. just, I mean, his, what was changed instantly. And that's what conversion I think is what's changed in that moment of conversion, if you will, is the direction that we're going in. It's the passion that we bring to it. Right. So it's not that yeah. we, we, we instantly become, we don't instantly become mature. That's not what he's saying here. Right. Correct. Right. And, I, and I think he's I saying we're on that path to maturity I, I, and, and forgetting that not everybody who listens to this will have the depth of knowledge right out of the gate. Right. You know, it's important to understand that Paul was a very, very highly educated Jewish right. man. So the foundation was there. And once he identified Messiah as the fulfillment of all that information he had, you know, he started off with this advanced knowledge. Yeah. He also spent, Nick, um, we don't really pick up on this so much, but if you kind of read between the lines, he spent like several years before his kind of public ministry, really putting all these connections together, right. spent, you know, um, thinking through all these things to really bring all, all that, you know, all he already knew and all the passion he already had, but now figuring out kingdom wise, you know, right. So it's, it's not guys, it's not that it's like we expect instant, you know, total thing that was Paul realized that it would take, you know, it would take some time, but here's the, here's what frustrates me, Nick, is that we, we just sort of, we sit back and we think if Jesus wants to change me, he's just going to have to do it. Right. <laughs> right. No, we're, we're, it's no. not, it's not sitting back waiting to get zapped changed. It's not just trying to do it ourselves through our own effort. It's not either one of those. It's submitting our whole life and our desire to Jesus for his power to transform us. But we're working with him, not against him. Absolutely. That's, and the, that's the point. Hey, uh, another really cool thing. Just I just want to just close, a, close a, a, another kind of little loop on this. Um, the, the, the rich young ruler um, that, you know, that G Jesus um, calls to follow him. Uh, this word comes up in, in that thing too. It's in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21. Uh, Jesus says to him, if you want to be perfect, sell your possessions. Right. Okay. So there's this, you know, Nick, you talk a lot about integrity. It's a word that means, you know, a lot to you. Apparently you, I hear yeah. you say it all the time. Absolutely. Like, integrity is when our, our actions line up with our character, right? When it's all the pieces are working together. What we say about ourselves and our faith works itself out in how we live, how we teach, how we act, right? All these pieces coming together. Mm -hmm. And I think that's some of the connection that Paul's trying to make here. Yeah. If you think about it, it, you know, again, as you dig into scripture and you see the, the, um, the people of scripture, um, the integrity that matters. You know, if you think about Jesus, uh, Jesus didn't come and and give a lot of lip service and teach us how to live and then say, oh, by the way, I don't really want to go to the cross, so I'm not going to do it. Um, yeah. You right. know, and, and unfortunately what's happened, I think, in the church 
um, at least in the American context of the church. You know, we, we do live in a society where we have freedoms, where we do have in a society where we've kind of been taught our whole life that you have these individual liberties and all that. Um, and so we, we, we tend to bring that perspective, that secular, because that is secular perspective into the church. And all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, forgive your enemy until you don't want to, you know, um, give until you don't want to, uh, you know, lay down your life for others until you don't want to. Um, and, and what we're talking about here and what Paul did and what Christ did is this, you know, unlimited yielding. Like there is only one way and it is the way that Jesus taught us how to do it. There is no other way. If you, if you, if you accept Jesus as Lord, then you come in and that's what you're constantly striving for is that again, you're striving for that perfection, the heart of Christ. That's where we're trying to go. It's not a wait. Jesus, you know, back in his day, it was pretty good that way. But, you know, today we can do it so much better some other way. No, it's not that. I mean, again, I'm sorry to say it. Uh, you can follow the, the 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 church that you you build on your name. But if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then you've got to do what Jesus Christ taught. Um, and, yeah. and and it is it is countercultural. I mean, yeah. the scripture comes right out and says it, it is countercultural. Be prepared for that. Right. Yeah. Don't get into a situation and say, well, that's not really what he meant. No, that is exactly what he meant. Forgive <laughs> endlessly. Like yeah. take nothing yeah. personally, because if you're taking it personally, you're probably not forgiving the other person. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, when he, when he says about, you know, if you get persecuted, go the extra mile in your persecution, don't just go one mile, go two miles, whatever it is. Right. When you read that, yes, you have to understand what it is that's being said for sure. Cause right. some things are a little confusing. Sure but it is Christ's way. It is not man's way. And, and Dan told me I'm not allowed to go on to chapter two of first because yeah, yeah. we don't have enough time, but basically this scripture goes on to talk about how, you know, the world's going to pull you off your game. Yep. You can't let that happen. You know, it, it, it can't be the American way. It can't be the Italian way. It can't be right. It, it's Jesus way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nick, I have, I have, I've, I've just had this, this word or this phrase on my mind, just like the last couple of weeks, stay focused. Right. You know, we get so easily distracted. I, I do, you know, and all kinds of stay focused. Yeah. And as, as right now as disciples, as the church, um, we need to stay focused. And, and, that, and, and that pe- focus looks like Jesus, you know, people read the words and they don't get them too. When, Cause scripture again, repeatedly says, keep your eyes on the cross, keep your eyes on the cross, right? No matter what, whatever circumstances are going on, keep your eyes on the cross, like stay focused on Christ. What does Jesus say? What does Jesus say? You know, I, I read something the other day and I, this may be one of those statements that offends some people that are listening to this. You gotta throw at least one episode right now. Seriously, you know, <laughs> when you yeah, like I'm, a jingle, stop for a moment. That, 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 next offensive <laughs> statement. All right, let's go. Reading these posts. <laughs> I'm reading these posts about the threat to Christianity, that Christianity is going to be outlawed in America and how, you know, even I'll go as far as even to say like prayer in school is outlawed and all these sorts of things. And I'm going, you know, I I realize that that person is serious about it. I'm sitting back going, Christian, you know, until my heart stops beating and then I've already transitioned on to something else. Right. I mean, Christianity cannot be stopped in America. It cannot be stopped. Right. It can be persecuted, but scripture speaks to that. Yeah. So as Christians, as followers of Christ, if we're worried about the persecution of the church and trying to prevent persecutions of the church, 
Yeah. I, I'm not saying there's not a time and a place maybe for that, you know, to yeah. speak out. Um, well, certainly none of us wants, I mean, none of, us, none of us wants that if we can, I mean, we want, you know, right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if there's simple things that could be done to preserve the rights for everybody where, yeah, we're after that. But as far as it being a threat, there's no guarantee. No, there's no, there's, there, yeah, right. There's, there's no nothing. guarantees. That's the, I mean, I think the whole refining kind of part is that anything else that's necessary for us um, besides Jesus be becomes idolatry in a sense. Right. Right. It's anything that can be taken away from us isn't what Jesus gave us. Yeah, you're, like, you're right, Dan. Like what, what, what we have cannot be, there's no person, no entity, no nobody that can take it away from us. That's and that's, that's exactly right. That's why we we have to get rooted in all the way there, because otherwise, um, I, you know, I've been thinking about this could be a good episode for us. The scripture sometime Hebrews chapter thirteen um, says that uh, the the Lord once again will will shake the earth so that everything that's created will kind of be shaken loose. And He says, "But we are inherit we are inheriting a kingdom that cannot be shaken." Yes. Right. So how do you know if it's kingdom? It can't be shaken. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. It can't be pulled down. It can't be outlawed. It can't be whatever. The kingdom of God cannot be stopped. Absolutely. Your um, prayers cannot be stopped. Your, you know, none of that can be shaken. None of that can be I mean, the only thing I guess that sets it back is when we don't, when we don't live it, when we give up on it. I mean, it doesn't, set, it doesn't set it back, but it does in our lives. And, and when the focus shifts to that threat, that's living in fear. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care how you cut that. That's living in fear, man. Yeah. Paul, Paul if, if we, both focused, you know, if we were the church that God intended us to be right, if the American context of Christianity was what God intended it to be right heart of Jesus Christ, you know, the, 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 the commitment of Jesus Christ, the courage of Jesus Christ, we wouldn't have to worry about anything. The, the, the freedom that we are given, the liberties that we are given, give us plenty of breathing room that if the church was being what the church was intended to be, we would be having an unstoppable impact yeah. on the community around us. Yeah. It's, it's, when we, it's when we hunker down into defensive posture and we pull back into our buildings yep. that all of a sudden yep. we start yep. to lose, yep. we, we, we lose ground. I said this to, I said this to somebody today. I said, you know what? Ultimately, God wins, period. God wins. But that doesn't mean we win. God wins. If we if we stick with him, we win. If, if we stick with him, we win, right? If yeah. we stick and, with the Christ way, we and win. There's warnings, and there's warnings about that. Right. Um, there yeah, is. If, if you hold it even back, um, check uh, check out this, you know, back in this Colossians here. If you, if you can, if you continue in the faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out for you in the gospel, right? That rootedness and establishment is necessary for this maturity because we're not going to grow in maturity if we keep getting knocked off our game, if we keep getting distracted. Yeah. Um, it's like, a, so, okay, we're, we're going to wrap up here soon. No. Um, but that was quick. Yeah, woo! Uh, went by, <laughs> that thirty-four minutes went by quickly. So I just want to talk for a second, Nick, though, about and right in in our passage that we've been uh, we're in here in Colossians chapter one. There's two things that Paul says here that he utilizes as tools, if you will, towards this end of of the maturity in Christ. He says, and, and you may have different words, you know, for these translations, but um, uh, there in verse twenty-eight again, he says, "He he is the one. Jesus is the one we proclaim." 
admonishing and teaching. That's my translation here. Um, and I think there are different words in different translations, you know, for, um, uh, for this, but, uh, the, the admonishing kind of has this, um, warning sense or, um, you know, the be careful sense. If you don't, if you get off your game, like you said, into chapter two, he's going to talk about worldly kind of stuff creeping in. Right. And the, the admonishment is sometimes kind of like the watch out for this. Right. You know, and he, and he does that. It's, it's the, it's the kind of the warning. Um, and sometimes it's this, it's, I think it's the seeing stuff in, in us that kind of can creep up and saying, watch out for that. You know, the flesh comes up, we start getting angry, watch out for that. Right. That will, that will take you away from maturity. And of course the, the teaching, Nick, we got to have this paradigm, right? We got to, we got to see the scripture through this Jesus lens, um, and what he has to write, or otherwise we're going to get distracted. We're going to start talking about figuring out the details of these theological debates that aren't going to lead us more into Christ likeness. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and scripture talks a lot about the division too. And so you got to be careful of division. Um, think about it, play it out to the fullest, right? So if the point is that eventually God is going to create a new heaven and new earth in which, you know, there, there is no sin and, and in which his presence is there and there's no, there, you know, the perfection comes when there's no division, when we're all in unity with God, in communion with God, and and that's all we want. That's all we care about. And then we, we pull back a little bit and we say the kingdom of God is near, and Christ is preaching a message where today the kingdom of God is accessible to you through me. Right now, right. now all of a sudden we look at it and go, any time that we're supporting division, any time that we're you know like feeding the secular uh, uh, debates and and the idle discussions and disagreements, we're off. Stay focused. We're, we're off. Like we're allowing, we're allowing the world to enter into our alien world. We are citizens of God's kingdom. We live by that unity, you know, and, and quite honestly, where people are really going to Brussels when I say this, you know, look, we may not like what's going on out outside with, with, with maybe something in government, maybe something in business, maybe whatever. We need to stay focused on. God as King, Lord Jesus as Lord, right? right. And focused. and and from there we go on, and certainly we live in this world as aliens, and we go out and we love our neighbors, and we we you know we do what we can to support people who are hurting. Um, we try to introduce, Christ, but the only way you can effectively introduce Christ to anyone is to be an effective witness of Christ, because otherwise yeah. th- they'll follow, but but who knows what they're following? Because if you don't look like Jesus, they're not following Jesus. Well, and that's and that's the that's the ad, ad, admonishment, Nick. What 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 you're doing is the admonishment. I think it's the, you know, it's to be it's to be careful because you're gonna if we do this, and a lot of what Paul writes too too is like potential div- divisions cropping up, right, right between yeah. Jews and Gentiles and different socioeconomic groups, and uh, we, you know we we just we just see it, and Paul's like he just see he sees in and he realizes if you if you guys let this divide you you're not, you're never going to reach the maturity. Right. That that's the goal. Right. Right. And like I've said many times, and I think you've said it, Dan, like what we're saying right now, we're, we're not the rollers. We're not, we're not the measuring sticks, if you will. Right. You know, you read this scripture and you see what it says, but take it literally when you, when you see it, when it says, you know, 
you know, fight the division, fight the world, fight, you know, when it, when it tells you how we're intending to live or how we're supposed to live, um, it, it, it means it. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. You know, truth is not something you, you take out and beat people over the head with truth is something you go, this is a new way of living. Like right. Jesus Christ set a new standard and we, we are blessed. Those of us who get it, we're, we're blessed to be able to live by that new standard. Cause it's going to be better for us and everybody else. Right. Yeah. It's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. Amen. If it's presenting properly, it's a gift. Yeah. It's, it's been, I mean, that's been, I, I would say that's my testimony. You know, I mean, what, you know, from the very, the, the very beginning of my Christian faith was joyful, but man, the joy now is only compounded as I've, you know, submitted more of my life to Christ and allow him to, you know, live his power more, more through me. And, you know, we, people talk about that. We talk about like forgiveness and stuff like forgiveness is hard. Well, you realize on the other hand, unforgiveness is what's hard. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Cause you're, um, you, you're, you're holding that you're holding all you're doing when you're not, when you withhold forgiveness ultimately is you're hurting yourself. You're robbing yourself of joy. The person you're not forgiving oftentimes could care less right. about it. But you, you know, we we're only robbing ourselves when we don't seek this maturity. So here's the, here's my takeaway, Nick, for our listeners, watchers, whatever here today is, will you accept for yourself you know, if, well, if you're not already a follower of Jesus, you know, he's inviting you to come and, and all this transformation, all this joy, all the forgiveness, all the hope now in eternity, you know, he wants, we want you on this journey with us and he does too. Absolutely. But a lot of our audience, Nick, is already people who have confessed Christ. Um, do you accept this for yourself? Mm. This goal, fully mature in Christ. That's, that's what I'm after as a disciple focus you know or is it like eh, that's not realistic so maybe not you know do you accept it right total maturity his will be done in your life in my life do you accept that um and and then if you're like a like a minister a pastor an elder you know anybody really who's in relationship with other believers is that do you have that focus does your church have that focus you know, we're, we're reaching people, but once we reach them, bring them into community, this is the goal of our community together. Total, total maturity in Christ. That's our focus. That's our goal. And that's what we're called to. If it's not, then why not? Right. Like what's the excuse for something less? And, and seriously, don't be afraid to ask that question and don't be afraid to answer it and say, that's not the standard we're meeting. Okay. That's great. And, and here's and, your opportunity to rise up to that standard. Yeah. And guys, listen, don't be paralyzed. If you don't have a, a, a role that you feel like is, is, is important. Number one, you can pursue this in your own life. You can challenge other people to it, but just, you can humbly not, you don't come like pridefully, like to, you know, a pastor or your elders or your Bible study leader and say like, you know, with the sense of haughtiness, like, you know, something, but you can just you can come and humbly ask, you know, say I've been I've been reading the word and, and I see here what what Paul says was really was his goal for all for all these all the believers in the churches. Um, is that our is that do you feel like that's our goal too? You know, you can right, you can say that humbly. You're not proud, you're not prideful, but it's a it's a loving challenge. Um 
and I'll even go so far to say, you know, Nick, look, I, I am a, I am a pastor, you know, you're the executive director for this conference. Um, I, I don't care who you are. You, Jesus is the authority Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. In, the word of, in the word of God. If you're, if you're, if you guys, if, if you're in a church and you, and you feel like I can't come to this person with the word of God and because they just say, say, forget you, I have a plan. That's a problem. Absolutely. That's an unhealthy environment. Okay. That was yeah, but it's, it's, it's also a reality to know this, that, it, you know, we believe in um, a Lord who taught us about a, 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 literally a, a priesthood of all believers. We've got scripture that basically stands out that says, look, the, the, the pastor is filling a role. The pastor is not more important than you are. If you're listening to this and you're, you're embracing Jesus, the pastor is not more important than you are. Um, you're not more important than the pastor is. I'm not more important than Dan and Dan's not more important than me. The whole point is we all have a role to fulfill. And so as we are seeking Christ, as we are seeking maturity in Christ and we seek to build our own character, man, you're going to be used in powerful ways. Be prepared because you have a responsibility and you are going to grow into something where God is going to use you for, for amazing things. Yeah. But he's not yeah. going to use you if you're following someone else. Yeah. You've got to be following Jesus Christ. Stop and, and, waiting. Yeah. And likewise, for the pastors out there that might be listening to this, you know, you may have all the head knowledge. You may have been straight A. You may have been number one in your, your seminary class or whatever. But if you take a hard look at your life, I mean, a, a genuine look at your life and you see that you're not following Jesus Christ and you don't have the heart of Christ, then I don't care how good of a teacher you are. God is not going to use you for his plan or he may use you, but in a way that yeah. may or may <laughs> not be. Yeah, well, we I mean, like. we're we're in, we're entrusted to to this end, Nick, and and Scripture tells us, James tells us, hey, you should be hesitant to become a teacher because you're going to yeah. be held to more of an account. Um, man, for some of us, this is like a reality check for me. If I'm off folk, you know, if if a, if I'm off focus as a person, I've got to deal with Jesus about myself. But if I'm off focus as an elder, as a teacher, as one who's entrusted, um, and I'm off. Way off, way off focus. Right. I got a whole nother level of accountability on me. Yeah. That's sobering, Nick. Um, yeah. I don't want to get that wrong. All right, guys, we've been here. We've been here a while today. Thanks so much for hanging with us. We love you all. Uh, hopefully something we said today challenged you, you know, simulated your thinking further. Um, join us on Tuesday. We'll chat some more. You can tell us about how we're wrong and how we offended you and, and all that. Um, and we'll be good with that. Yeah. That, it, <laughs> Guys, it won't it won't offend us to have offended you. <laughs> no, um, and, and and the bottom line is, like I said, this truly is a learning environment. We want to learn from your life experience. So yeah. if something we said came across like in a way that makes you think, oh, where'd that come from? Yeah. Challenge us on us. Ask the question. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, we yeah. we want to learn from you too. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and we want to learn how to communicate better because sometimes we can say things in ways that the the way we say it can cause offense. We don't want to do that. Correct. If, the, if, the, if the message that's Jesus's message causes offense, we're okay with that because that's the admonishment on the way to maturity. But we don't want to offend by being insensitive with our words or things like that or being dismissive. Yeah. And and Nick, I've been guilty of that before and not seen it. Uh, but people will help me help me see that and it helps us grow deeper. Uh, Dan, I think I've been guilty of that on every single episode <laughs> we've done so far. So. But guys, also, you know, don't, that's also not an excuse for not taking right. Jesus' word seriously. Oh, Absolutely. well, he said, he offended me because he said this, so forget him. Okay, 
but you can't forget Jesus. You know, you can't forget, you can't forget the word of God because we, because we offended you. Right. Um, so, okay. We love you guys. See you soon. Bye. Take care. Thanks everyone.